This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about ideas for making our lives happier. This week we'll talk about why we might consider possible solutions to challenging social situations and we'll answer a listener's question about a coworker who never participates in meetings or discussions. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses, human nature. I'm in my little home office in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in Los Angeles. We are recording this episode on October 13th with the shocking, terrible events in Israel this week with the horrifying attacks by Hamas. We are both filled with anger and sorrow. Events there are unfolding very rapidly, so by the time you hear this, things may be different even from how they are now. It's hard to reconcile all the pain and violence being experienced in the world with our daily lives to talk about the kinds of subjects we usually discuss, given the gravity of what's going on. Yes, but uh, that is what we will do. That's what we'll do. And along those lines, coming up on November 14th is National Diabetes Awareness Day. And for that episode, we are going to go more deeply into Elizabeth's type 1 diabetes. Yes. So any questions or comments, send them in and we will address them in that episode. So Elizabeth, this week, our Try This at Home suggestion is to consider these solutions for challenging social encounters. So Gretch, as is so often the case with a happiness stumbling block, like a challenging social situation, if we step back, identify the problem, and consider how to handle it, we often see possibilities. But this is my question. 
why is it so hard to identify the problem? Because you're yeah. like, I'm dealing with a problem. Of course I have identified the problem. But in fact, at least I find for myself, often I have only the most vague sense that something is wrong, but it's so useful to identify the problem because that often makes a solution much clearer because you see exactly what you need to tackle. Yeah. So Gretchen, speaking of challenging social situation, one thing I'm thinking about is something we've discussed before, which is if you're an introvert, consider going early to an event or be there right on time, which yeah. it doesn't seem like that's what you'd want to do, but actually it is helpful. Well, and we got this idea from Susan Kane, who had said that for children who are more on the introverted side, a lot of times if they go early, then they're there as things get more and more hectic and more and more people come in so they can feel more in control and get accustomed to it instead of emerging right into the heat of a you know, peak event. And also this way, if you go early, you can see the person who invited you or make your presence known. And then when you're ready to leave, you can go. So that seemed like a good solution. Yeah. And also then early on, the host or hostess will have more time to introduce you to people. Yes. So it, it's an easier yes. way in. Right. So again, it's not that this is rocket science, but it's maybe not obvious because uh, right. I might have thought, oh, it's better to go later because then you have more chance of knowing somebody who's there. Right. If you're worried about showing up and being alone. But then, of course, it's peak event and more chaotic. So here are some other solutions that I've heard because I've been collecting these. Yes. Okay. So if you have a difficult family and you're heading into a difficult family situation, let's say Thanksgiving dinner. Mm -hmm. Often... Family members behave better when there's somebody from the outside there. And so you might consider bringing a guest because you might think, I don't want to bring a guest because I have this difficult family situations, but it might be that actually everybody gets along better and behaves better if there's somebody from outside of the family who's there. That is a great idea. Another idea, Gretchen, is if one of your guests is somebody who has memory issues, it can be helpful to have a group of six as opposed to a group of four. Yeah. And what I've heard about this is that because often someone like that, like they want to be there, they want to participate in the conversation and have the companionship, but it's hard for them to participate fully in the conversation. And with four people, that can become quite awkward and they might feel on the spot. But with six people, there's just more general conversation. And so they can be there and enjoy being part of the scene, enter in when they want and when they can, but it's just easier for everyone. And because it's easier, then more people are inclined to keep up these social situations and, and that's good. Yeah. Again, it kind of goes against what you would think, which yes. is fewer people might be easier for a person yes. to deal with, but actually more people can make it easier. And that's for someone with any kind of illness, really, who might not want to participate as much as somebody else. Right. But they want the companionship and sort of the yes. fun of just being with people. Yeah. But yeah, they're finding it difficult to participate. Here's something. A friend of mine just told me this because somebody said, hey, let's get together for dinner. And the circumstances were that she needed to say, yes, let's get together for dinner. But she really wanted that dinner to be kept short. And so the question was, what is the best way to do that politely? And she decided that the best thing was to say like, oh, I'm going to get takeout for us and then bring takeout to their apartment or house. The food is right there. So you don't have all of the friction of being in a restaurant. And then you leave when you want because you're at their place. Whereas if they're at your place, you can't kick them out. 
But if you say, oh, I'm gonna, I'll bring it over to you, that, that feels like, oh, I'm coming to you, I'm bringing food to you, we'll hang out, it's an intimate place. But that's a way to keep it short. Nice. As they say, Gretch, control your exit. Oh, yes. Control your exit. And here's another one. I learned this from an event, like a big event, but I think it would work really well in a lot of different social situations, including something like a dinner party. So sometimes when you have people over for dinner, you know them really well. And part of the fun of it is just lingering over your coffee and just hanging out and, and enjoying yourself. But sometimes maybe you're in a group of people where they don't know each other that well, or maybe it's a group of people where it's not necessarily friends. And so people might not be that enthusiastic about spending a ton of time seated down where they've got the person on one side, the person on the other side, and maybe the person across the table. So what you can do is for dessert and coffee, you can get up and let people mingle. And that way, if someone is eager to continue a conversation, they can just get up and continue the conversation. Or if somebody's eager to talk to someone else who's at the event, they can very graciously seek out new people to talk to. The other thing I love about this, Gretch, is that if one person leaves, it doesn't yeah. have that effect of making everyone then get up and leave. You mean leave the event? Leave the event. Yes. Right. Right. Because sometimes you feel like, well, if I leave, it will start everybody going and I'll break up the party. But this way somebody can slip out. And it, Right. Yes. And it's just nice to kind of get up and move around. A lot of times it yeah. just it, it feels fun. Well, Gretchen, I'm hosting Thanksgiving this year. Ooh. And what I love about this, Ooh. even though, of course, everybody knows each other, is we have an adult table and a kid's table. And I like the idea that for yes. dessert, right. the adults and kids, you know, we can mix it up. Yes. And so we get time to talk to the teenagers. Right. No, that's exactly right. So let us know if you do try any of these solutions at home and how considering them has worked for you. And if you have solutions of your own, we can all learn from each other. It would be great to have a whole list of possible ways to tackle difficult social situations. Let us know on Instagram, threads, TikTok, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is at happiercast.com slash 452 where you can find everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a smartwatch hack, but first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretchen, we are back with this week's happiness hack. 
Yeah, so this hack occurred to me kind of too late. I learned from experience the importance of this hack because I was doing paid speaking on Zoom. Mm. And so I wear an Apple Watch, and I have it with the haptic notifications, which I really like because I don't have my phone turned on. So if someone's calling me or someone texts me, I feel it on my wrist if I'm not looking at my phone because my phone doesn't make any noise. So I really like that functionality. It really works for me. But I realized that it's very distracting to have this haptic notification when I'm speaking. And like once you know that you've been notified, you just really are very curious Mm -hmm. to know what's going on. Um, And what happened is a very silly exchange of text between my family about Barnaby. But it was like notification, 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 notification. So then I was like, what's going on? So my hack is take off your smartwatch. If it's an important meeting or an important encounter or anything like that, You don't want to get distracted or involuntarily glance down on it because you can't help yourself and signal to somebody that you keep checking your device if you do not want to be disturbed. So I think we're all used to thinking about managing our phones, but now you may want to manage your watch as well. Yeah, Gretchen, I know I've been in a meeting with executives Uh in Hollywood and had them glancing at their watch. And I thought, oh my gosh, are we that boring? They're already checking (laughs) Checking their watches. And then I finally realized, oh my gosh, they're just looking at some notification that's come in. It's not about me, it's about them. Yes. But it is very distracting Yes. for the person who's wearing the watch and also the person who's sitting across from you. Because we just associate that checking my watch with impatience, yes. boredom, move along. And I can imagine if you're doing some big pitch or like in what to you is a very high stakes conversation, Yes. It, it's very hard not to just do it without thinking about it, which is why, you know, it's always easier to change your circumstances than to change yourself. So I would say, Mm -hmm. don't work on your self-control, just take your watch off at a time when it's important and so that you don't, you don't get into this situation. Okay. And now Gretchen, we have a know yourself better question. Okay. This is fun because I asked this on social media and I was astonished by how passionate people's response was to this question. Okay, so Elizabeth, I will pose this question to you. I think I know the answer. Is your birthday a big deal to you or is it not such a big deal? My birthday is not a big deal to me. Now, I will say I don't hate my birthday. Some people hate their birthday and it's a big deal in that way. Yeah. I like my birthday. I'm happy on my birthday. I love my birthdays in May. May yeah. is my favorite month. But my birthday is not a big thing to me. And I think I would say the same. Now, it might be interesting that in our family, both our original family and in our current families, I would say people do remember it and remark on it. So I think it's. I think maybe it becomes a bigger deal if you feel like people forget it. Maybe. We're, we're like... We all like exchange greetings and send you something that morning and call and often, you know, you will get a gift or two, but it's not a big deal, but it is, it's remarked on. It doesn't pass unnoticed. Eliza and Eleanor always make me a homemade card. That's, that's really great. But people have really different expectations around this. And and part of it probably is with how they were raised. Or maybe you do the opposite of what you were raised. Like your family never paid attention to it. So now you make a big deal out of it. But I think why this is an important know yourself better question is that you should know what do you need around your birthday and let the people around you know. Because if they have a different set of expectations, it just may not even occur to them 
that you might feel like they're being inconsiderate or that they're letting you down because they just have a completely different set of ideas about what it means to recognize someone's birthday. Yes. And that's why I like, Gretchen, the idea of if it's your birthday, you're the one to dictate what happens. Like mm-hmm. you give yourself a birthday party rather than expecting others to plan a birthday party for you. And if it's really important to you to like get a cake, say, hey, you know what? I need a cake. Yeah. And I love just- a chocolate cake. Yeah. Now, what is, I have heard of birthday week, but now it seems like a lot of people have birthday month. I had not heard of that. Have you heard of birthday month? Yes. Oh, Oh, yeah. There are people who celebrate multiple times all month. I have a friend, Gretch, who has at least five parties a year. A year? Yes. She has with different groups of friends, with her family, with her writer friends. Oh, yeah. She celebrates all month. But you know what? It's fun. It's like, if that's what you want to do, do it. Yeah, no, 100%. And maybe it's kind of calendar of catalysts. Like you think, oh, I want to have a party for my writer friends. And I want to have this. And it's just something that can be done at any time is often done at no time. And so if you use your birthday, and then everybody's sort of getting a kick out of it. Because it's like, oh, we're all getting together for your birthday. There's something kind of nice about that. One thing that's very true is that often people who have really faced down a serious illness are very grateful for their birthday because they feel like, I don't take it for granted that I would reach this birthday. Yes. That's always a beautiful reminder to all of us, I think. Yes. Takes on a deeper meaning. Yeah. And I think sometimes obligers, they can use their birthday as a form of accountability. It's a way to think of your future self. Like, by the time I turn X date... I want to have done this thing. So it's a way to give a deadline to the future self because obligers often like deadlines. For some obligers, using the future self is helpful. So it is a kind of future self deadline that some obligers do seem to be able to use. Other people use it almost like January 1st. I mean, some people like January 1st is the fresh start and begin again. And then I think for other people, it's their birthday is their January 1st. The other thing, Gretchen, is to make sure to remember birthdays of people near holidays. You, for instance, have December 14th. Well, and Jack. Jack. My son has December 16th, even worse. Yeah. Someone said that December 26th is the worst day for a birthday. Well, maybe the 25th is even worse. Oh, yeah. Kareen, one of my best friends, her birthday is December 26th, and it's a terrible birthday. Yeah, you need to remember it. I know. I I worry about with Jack that I'm like, I know what that's like. I need to do a better job of remembering, but it is, it is, they get lumped together. Yeah. Now, Gretchen, I will say the older I get, the more I do admire people who entertain on their birthday and make a big deal of their birthday, because I feel like they're really doing something for others. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they're making yeah. an event yes. that is fun for all of us. It gives a reason to get together and it can be a hassle. So yes. I like that people are willing to say, hey, it's my birthday. I'm planning something. Right. I'm hosting something. Like, let's go to an escape room, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah, It's, you know, it's really an act of generosity. Well, you know, Elizabeth, this is really inspiring me. Maybe I'll put this on my 24 for 24 list because I haven't done anything for my birthday. I will too. For years. But that would be super fun to like go with some friends to an escape room or like, You know, I have all these five senses adventures that I'm always wanting to go on. I could even say to people, oh, I'm getting together a group. Come if you can. And anyway, I'll think about it. But this could be really fun. You should do it for your birthday, too. We both are always saying that we want to entertain more. And this would be a different angle for us. Yes. Okay. We're both putting that on our list. That's the first thing on my list. I love it. Well, and it's interesting because you and I are both underbuyers. So we aren't big gift givers to people. 
I think that can be a factor in birthdays because some people really do want that gift. Yeah. That's one of the five love languages is receiving gifts. So I think that's something to be aware of, too, is do you expect gifts? Do you give gifts to people who do expect them? The fun thing about having the party is you're giving a gift. Yeah, that's an interesting twist on it as well. Yes. Much to think about with birthdays. Yeah. I will tell you, you know, Sarah and I went through a whole phase of trying to ban office birthday parties. And that was met with a resounding thud. Yeah. And we have reinstituted office birthdays whenever we're in an office. So I've evolved on the birthday of it. Okay, all. now you know I'm going to make an illusion. What am I going to make an illusion to? The office? Yes, because because Jim tries this. <laughs> Michael Scott is away, and Jim tries to have one birthday per month for everybody, and it just it, everybody rebels. And Michael Scott yeah. says rookie mistake because <laughs> you have to have the office birthdays. Yes. And so everything is. Related to the office. That is the yes. lesson for life. They have a birthday committee, I believe. <laughs> they have the party planning committee. Yes. Yes. And then they have the breakaway party planning committee. Oh, yeah. There's a whole. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Enough about the office. We could keep talking about the office. This week, we have an interesting listener question related to the four tendencies. Yes. And we made this one anonymous. Yeah. And here's the question. I recently facilitated the Four Tendencies workshop for my team at work. It was a great experience for all of us, but I was particularly surprised by the tendency of one of our team members. Unfortunately, this team member has been an underperformer and she rarely participates in team discussions or weekly meetings and almost never asks questions about her work assignments or when a new process is implemented. Is there such a thing as questioner rebellion? Would love to hear any insight or experience you have with this conundrum. Well, this is interesting. I would not consider it rebellion when a questioner does it because the rebellion that rebels feel and that obligers feel is really a pushback against what others are asking of them. And it's a subtle difference. But with a questioner, it's really coming from a place of this is a huge waste of my time. This Mm. is not an efficient use of resources. There is no point to this. Why would I spend my time and energy in that meeting? And so what I think you have, and and not asking questions just means that she thinks that none of it makes any sense. So I think this is someone who's deeply disenchanted and feels that basically her job is a waste. Mm. I think that's, if the person is a questioner, that's where that lack of engagement is coming from. Because at a certain point, they won't even, they just won't even. I mean, it's not rebellion because it's not like you can't make me do it or I feel overwhelmed by the fact that you're making me do it. It's just like, why am I going to waste my time? Why am I going to listen to you? Mm. So I would say it's more about explaining like why it makes sense, why it's needed, why it, it is efficient. Because it might be that there are very good reasons, but this person maybe is new and doesn't understand the bigger picture, doesn't understand how others are being affected by her lack of participation. Well, that's a great suggestion to sit down and explain all that to the person. And explain. it'll make a difference. Right. Or just to say, like, why? Well, you know, the questioners often don't like being asked questions, which is ironic, but true. But right. But to explain them why it is efficient, why it is logic, why you do have reasons. And then they might 
argue about it. They might say, well, your reasons are wrong. Here are my reasons. But then you're arguing about well, what is the best way to do the job. And that is something that questioners really value highly. And they will. Mm. she would probably take that very seriously if she felt like someone was really honestly engaging with her on that. It may be also like it could be if you have a corporate environment where it's very much like this is what corporate says or this is what mm-hmm. the boss wants. And it's kind of like everybody has to get in line and just execute, which there are many work environments that are like that, that that's great. Everybody is very enthusiastic about like, we have a vision, we're here to execute. Everybody's very excited about that. But to a questioner, if they're like, I don't get it, this doesn't make any sense to me, they won't get on board with that. So again, it might be how they understand why they are being told to do what they're told to do. And so they just need to have a better understanding of that. All right. Well, that's helpful. And if you don't know what we're talking about, if you want to know about upholders, questioners, obligers, and rebels, take the quiz, GretchenRubin.com slash quiz, and all will be revealed. All right. Coming up, I give myself a points demerit. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. Okay, Elizabeth, it's time for Demerits and Gold Stars. This week is an even-numbered episode, which means it's your turn to talk about a demerit. Yes, so Gretchen, I'm giving myself a demerit for not understanding or paying attention to the best way to use credit card points. I think a lot of people will will relate to this. Oh, can I just say I 100% give myself exact same demerit? 100%. Yes. I mean, there's a whole thing about what credit card you use, for what, for which kind of points, for, you know, miles versus 
points, hotel points. I mean, I know people gift cards who are like, oh yeah, we just went to Santa Barbara for the weekend all on points. And they do this all the time. They yeah. get free hotel rooms, yeah. really, you know, really nice hotel rooms. And I feel like I never really get that much for points because I'm not doing it right, but nor am I, do I have the patience yeah. to figure out how to do it and to make sure that every time I buy yes. something, I'm using the right card mm -hmm. and all of that. It's a demerit because I could be having all these experiences with my points. But so here's the thing is there are people for whom this is like a game. I have a friend yeah. who's so cunning. He is working every angle and he really enjoys it. I mean, for him, it really is how do I score this free stuff? And yeah. it makes him feel like he's really outfoxing the system. And but I can see that he truly enjoys it. It's it's not even just that he wants right. to like get the most out of it. It's that he it's like the way some people love coupons. You know what I mean? Like they mm, love to yeah. just clip a coupon and it just it's satisfying to them. This is one of the things that I wish that like when you have a life partner, you could check a box of what you would like in a life partner because I would love to have that in a life partner. Like if Jamie would do it, I would love it. If Adam would do it, you would love it we don't want to do it and they don't want to yeah. do it. So then it's very, not very well done. Yes. But anyway, that's a goal to try to improve my points. But is it a goal? I don't think that it is a goal. I think it's just like a, mm, there it is. Well, maybe. We'll see. But regardless, <laughs> I, I feel that it is a happiness demerit. It's a demerit. Is it an actionable demerit? Uh, we shall see. The 24 for 24 list is coming up. All things are yes. possible. Everything's yes. on the table now. Okay. Yes. All right, Gretch, what is your gold star this week? Well, I want to give a gold star to a podcast. Eliza, or was it Eleanor, told me about this podcast. It's nine episodes. It's a series called The Evaporated, Gone with the Gods. And what is it is about is it's looking at every angle or many angles of, in Japan, there is a phenomenon of people evaporating, which is when people disappear. And it's sort of a look at, like, why do people do this? How do they do it? Why is it that this is more possible in Japan than it is in other countries, though now they've made some changes that will make this more difficult? The host of the podcast had somebody, his accountant, kind of vanished, but he manages to pursue that trail. So it's just, it's a very interesting look into another culture in a very specific practice that I just found really, really interesting and really engaging to listen to. So that's called The Evaporated, Gone with the Gods. Yes, I listen to, and it's fascinating. It's fascinating. The resource for this week, the Muse machine is ready to go out into the world. I am so excited about this. I, I, in Life in Five Senses, I talked about creating my own DIY messy version <laughs> of the Muse machine, but now it is an actual deck of 150 cards with these somewhat mysterious creative prompts that you can use whenever you get stuck. So you've got some kind of creative hurdle. You can pull a card and ponder whatever the indirect direction is to get some unexpected insights. I had so much fun. I worked with a brilliant team to create these. You can find it at happiercast.com slash store. And I'm just really excited for these to go out into the world because it's really something where I had this sort of strange idea and this list in my computer, and now it's actually turned into something that can be held in the hands, and that's so exciting. Yeah, and Gretch, we all need to do creative things. So even yeah. if you're not writing a book, for yeah. instance, yeah. 
It's still a great gift, a great thing to have. And speaking of writing a book, what book are we reading? What book are you reading? I am reading Going Infinite, The Rise and Fall of a New Tycoon by Michael Lewis. And I'm reading To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Consider solutions for challenging social situations. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram and TikTok and threads at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm on Instagram and threads at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. That's how most people discover our show. And follow, rate, and review us in your favorite podcasting app. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. So, Elizabeth, you are hosting Thanksgiving dinner. Are you fired up? Yes, I am. I'm, uh, you know, always trepidatious but yep. excited. So, um, yeah, Gretchen, we'll be talking a lot about it, I'm sure. Get ready for that to be a major part of our conversation. You're going to bust out those tablescapes. That's one thing. I I need to, for sure. <laughs> it's on my mind. I bet. From the Onward Project. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well... Now it is on Homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.